Welcome to the Life of Christ Series 3, Term 2. This is Lesson 16. We're going to pick up where we left, left off in John um, chapter 4 and verse 37. Uh, remember again that Jesus is talking about people that sow, people that reap. Amen? And the, the eternal reward that comes to both those who sow and those who reap. And the rejoicing that they will experience as well together. Now... We, we've got to the place in John 4.37 where Jesus says, For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. In his commentary, D.A. Carson says that this shows the unity of life and the diversity of gifts that go into a good harvest yield. One sows and another reaps. And the work of both sower and reaper is essential. The sower labors in anticipation of what is to come. The reaper must never forget that the harvest he enjoys is the fruit of another's toil. Okay, so this is what we talked about before. I want you to understand the, the two things that he actually brings out here. He, he begins by saying the unity of life. We need to understand that each person has their part to play in what they do. All right, there's a unity in the kingdom that we, we're all working together to the, toward the same end. That's why we, we mustn't get jealous or upset, envious, amen, about anything that's going on. That, okay, you know, we did all this work and somebody else steps in and, 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 and reaps it. One of the things that actually happens, let me, let me give this to you in a way that you might really understand and, and pick up on where I'm coming from. It's one thing if we sow into somebody's life and somebody that we like reaps it. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. When you do all this sowing, they go to some church that you don't like and they get saved there. And then you think, oh, geez, you know, I wish I almost didn't say anything to them because, you know, I don't know what's worse, being unsaved or being saved in that church. Yeah. Hello. Okay, can I just be honest? Okay, come on now, all right? Okay. <laughs> what we need to understand is that over all of this, regardless of our thoughts on certain things, God is still watching. Do you hear me? We're all working for the same kingdom at the end of the day. All right? And if it is something else, then we need to pray that God takes care of that. Do you hear me? Amen. And so we, and we need to do that. We need to be in prayer the whole time. We can, that, that's the reason why you can never let go of things. You know, sometimes we sort of think, oh, you know, that's somebody else's problem now. Don't do that. Unless God says let go of it, don't let go. Because there might be something else to it that you don't know. Amen. Maybe they're not out of trouble yet. Amen. All right. Just, just saying. All right. So, but I want you to notice something else he brings out here, which is really interesting and important, which is the reason I put, you know, I almost underlined everything in this because it was so important, everything he was saying. And bringing out what Jesus is trying to, what, what Jesus is trying to say here. Number one, the unity of life. The second, the diversity of gifts. We need to understand that we're all gifted differently. We each have a different gift. That tells you something. You can't do everything. Don't get jealous of other people that are better than you in some things. And don't put yourself down for not being as good as somebody else. That's right. 
And don't let them put you down for not being as good as them and having the same passions they have in the things that they're doing. Did you get all of that? Okay, we, we, we really need to be careful because this becomes a real problem otherwise. Somebody comes in and guilts you into doing something that you are so not good at. But now you have guilt, see? Because they're so good and they've got all these results and now they're telling you should be doing this and you can have the same results. You will not. It's diversity of gifts. Amen? Now, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's one of the biggest things I learned at the beginning of this church. When we first built this church and when, you know, um, God was doing some things and people always come in with their gift expecting you to do it. It's their gift, but you have to do it. Do you understand? <laughs> okay? And I learned very quickly... Well, it took me a while actually. To, <laughs> you know, but you can't do that. And they will make you feel guilty. And they will want you to be involved in everything they're doing that you need to hold their hand. And if you're not as enthusiastic as they are to do what they're called to do, something wrong with you. Come on, <laughs> okay? Well, why am I sharing this with you? Because we're going to go into a place in this ministry. I'm preparing it. This is the reason why Jesus said, do this first. Before we step out and, and do what we need to do. Okay? Well, this church will grow. When it does, if we don't know all these things, it'll crush us. Do you hear me? And I, This growth will not crush us. I've already been there. We're not doing that again. This time we're going to be ready for it. We're going to be prepared. We're going to know. And we're not going to apologize for anything that we do. And the way we do it. And when people with wrong thinking walk in and try to, you know, manipulate us emotionally, we'll know how to answer every man and woman. Okay? Some of those came in too. Alright? Okay? Amen. Alright? That's the reason why we're doing this. So that you know not to feel guilty. So you know what you're good at, you do that. I will support you in what, you know, if, oh, if somebody else comes and, you know, they're saying, oh, we should be doing this. We'll support you, but you better do it. If you're not going to do it, don't expect us to do it for you. That's your gift, diversity of gifts. Amen? And in, it's, in, in, just in that, we know that not all of us are good at everything. We'd like to think we are. And don't let people play to your ego. That's true. Because they'll do that. They'll, oh, you're so good at everything. Oh, you'll be the best person to do this. You're stupid if you believe them. You are not that good. <laughs> okay? Remember, it's what God has commissioned you to do, what God has gifted you to do, what God has equipped you to do. That's what you do. Anything outside of that, it's you now, not God. And that will lead to burnout. Okay, I gave you something there. I hope you got it. Alright. Let's, let's go back to this. So he says here, unity, the unity of life, the diversity of gifts that go into a good harvest yield. See, this is when you really get a good harvest. When you, when, when you are working in your gift 
with the people that are working in their gifts. And not being mad with them or angry with them or anything else and jealous or anything like that. You just work in your gift. And you know that you do yours well, they'll do theirs well. And you know what? God blesses you. Don't worry about what other people, you know, if somebody else is always getting uh, the, the credit for things, don't worry about it. Your blessing is eternal and God will make sure you get what you deserve. You will get what you deserve in the nice way. <laughs> you know, every time you hear that, you think, oh, you're going to get what you deserve. No, but I'm talking about good things. A- amen? But whatever you sow, you will reap. Good and bad. Amen? Amen? And all the good stuff is really good. Okay. And it's never the same amount. It's always a multiplied return. So God only knows, and I really mean that. God only knows what all is waiting for you when you get to heaven. The magnitude of your blessing might shock you. You think you're fighting and fighting and not getting anywhere down here. <laughs> There's a small hill of gold or whatever is important to you growing up. You know you don't need all that stuff up there. You know that, right? Because you, know, you have it and what you do with it, walk on it. Transparent gold you walk on up there. Anyway, that's something else. All right. <laughs> One sows, another reaps. And the work of both the sower and the reaper is essential. It's essential. Do you know what that says? We can't do without either. Okay? Everyone with a different gift, we need every gift in order for it to work. When this church gets off the ground and as we start to move forward, alright, everyone will need to decide that they're going to do what they're good at as unto God. Not out of guilt, but as they're led by God to do. Because we all have different responsibilities and we all have different levels of commitment. Okay? And we also understand that different people have different levels of commitment, not because some love God more than others, but because their lives are such that they've got other responsibilities. And they can't neglect one in favor of another. Because then God will hold them responsible for neglecting the thing they neglected that they were meant to look after. That may necessarily not be five-fold ministry, which a lot of preachers don't get. Aren't you glad I'm here? Anyway, all right. <laughs> all right. Which is why I, I, you know, some people have this, oh, they should be doing more. You don't know what they're doing already. So I've learned just not to go there. Because you're now making assumptions that they have as much work as you do. They may have three times as much as you do. So don't expect them to come and do the stuff you're doing. Amen? Uh, I'm going to leave it there. I think you all know what I'm on about. Okay. The sower labors in anticipation, in anticipation of what is to come. See, this, this is the, a bit of a drag for the sower, okay? It is an, in anticipation of what is to come. You may never see the fruit of your labor. Please, listen, I'm going to tell you something that will really bless you if you catch this. Okay, you all awake? Yeah. Don't look for fruit. Just look for the reward. Did you understand the difference? Your reward is in heaven. Great is your reward. Don't look for the fruit. Because if you look for the fruit and you don't get it, you'll have a bad sucky attitude. You have a bad sucky attitude, no reward. Did you get it? We put our eyes on the wrong thing. Take your eyes off the fruit and put it on the reward. Remember Pete? Thank God for that guy. You know, I mean, some days, you know, I'm glad he said the things he did. 
You know, we have left everything. Remember the rich young ruler, the whole deal? When we get to it. You know, he said, we, uh, <laughs> I like it. You know, the, the rich young ruler walks off, you know, and, and he's all sad and depressed and everything. And Pete goes, mm, we left everything. What do we get? That's what his question is. And Jesus says, you're going to get in this life a hundredfold return. Things. Amen? He said, you, and then he said, and you get stuff in heaven as well. So he said, Jesus said, you're going to get two rewards. So we, there is more than enough blessing coming to you. Don't look for the thing you want. You receive the thing that God gives. Get it? Okay. Alright, okay, let's move on. Alright. The sower labors in anticipation of what is to come. The reaper must never forget. So, <laughs> you know, one has to deal with, I don't see the reward. The other has to deal with, this is somebody else's reward. Okay, so one mustn't get depressed, and one, the other one mustn't get a big head. Get it? If we work together, we'll be good. Praise God. <coughs> you almost want to write the guy. Just says, we almost should have on the card, who introduced you to, like who ministered into your life. And get an address and write back to them and say, they got saved today in this church. And we want to thank you for that. We reaped a harvest that you sowed the seed. And we want to acknowledge that today. Wouldn't that be nice? You think about what people would do if they got a letter from you like that. There's all these other people that I would... (laughs) Where are you? You do the right thing and you allow God to bless you. You rip people off, don't expect anything. So the sower labors in anticipation of what is to come. The reaper must never forget that the harvest he enjoyed is the fruit of another's toil. Further to this, William Hendrickson also goes on to point out that each kingdom worker is at the same time reaper of that which has been sown by others and sower of seed which brings forth a harvest that will be gathered by others. Okay, so each time, you, you, a lot of times you're both. Hence both sower and reaper rejoice in this divine arrangement. There will always be a harvest to reap. As long as you're praying. And you know where the harvest is. Because God will lead you to it. Amen? This is, yeah, prayer is so important in all of this. You need to understand that prayer is... Your communication with God. Prayer isn't you going to God with a list all the time and saying, Oh, God, here's my list. And you know, the scroll falls out and you go, Okay. <laughs> all right. It's not like that. It's talking to God. Like, what do you have me to do today? Do you know, I just do that all the time. I don't even think about it. When people say, Do you pray? It's just like, Not the way you think. Can I say that? I don't pray the way you think. Yeah, yeah. Okay? That's not you guys, but you know, when people ask, you know what I mean? Because they always ask from a very religious point. They're asking, when do you get on your knees? When do you cross your fingers? When do you close your door? When are you quiet and have a long period of time with God? You're thinking, I have 20 kids, I have six dogs, five cats. Are you kidding? That's never good. Okay? No, it, it, it isn't that. It's constant communication. It is you just talking to God constantly. What do I do next? Where do I go next? Wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, you know, 
always keep that line open. I'm always talking to God. I'm driving around the parking lot. You know, don't be stupid. Pray. You can get a parking spot straight away. You know what I'm saying? When I'm driving around the parking lot, I'm asking God, which one do I turn down? Because I'm not, I'm not moving what I see. I have learned that if I turn down the right place, somebody will pull out as soon as I'm getting there. And, if I, and it has to be that way. Because if somebody pulls out before and you think, oh, there it is, somebody else saw that as well. Now you're both fighting for the same spot. I'm using a simple example, but do you understand what I'm trying to say? I expect to drive down and somebody pulls out. I expect that. So I'm always asking God, like I told you, I'm, I'm talking about prayer. Okay? I'm just talking about how this thing works properly. You, you're constantly just saying, where do I go? Constantly I'm talking to God and saying, do I turn here? Do I turn the next one? Sometimes he'll say, go around. You're going to have to go around and come back because you can't just stop in the middle. Everybody get upset. Okay? He'll tell just go around. I just get a feeling just to do that next. Do this next. Do this next. Boom. There it is. Did that today. I'm just telling you, you know, okay? Alright, because I, I drove into Rouse Hill and like, why is everybody and their dog here today? You know, I don't know why. I mean, this is in the middle of the day. And it was just packed out. And was, you can see people just driving around and driving around. And straight away I thought, okay God, talk to me. Talk to me, goosh. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the Top Gun ones. Okay, and he just talks and he just tells me, go this. Some days it's straight away, some days it's not. But I always get it. Always. And I pull, as soon as I get there, somebody will pull out. He'll go, that's the one. And I'll go, thank you. Amen. That's prayer. That's not just how you park your car. That's how you go witnessing. That's how you do everything in life. Amen. There are times when you need to be quiet with God because of the situation that you're dealing with. Because you're having problems. Not ever because God has a problem, it's always you. What you need. So don't ever think that you have to get quiet for God. No, you have to get quiet for you. Did you hear what I just said? It's all about you. If you ever think you're doing God a favor by getting quiet, you're missing the whole thing. You're going to go to sleep. Okay? The times you need to get quiet is when you need to get quiet. You need it. And then don't put that on everybody else. Can I say that? Okay, alright. That's, that's when prayer doesn't become religious anymore. It just becomes a normal thing in your life. It's just you're constantly talking. Amen. Alright, so again, William Hendrickson says, Each kingdom worker is at the same time reaper and sower. All right. However, uh, hence, both sower and reaper rejoice in this divine arrangement. There will always be a harvest to reap. Jesus continues on in John chapter 4 verse 38 to explain what he meant in the previous verse by going on to say then, I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Confirming again that every success we have and enjoy is the result of others' labor. Others' labors. And why Jesus says then, Others have labored, and you have entered into, and this, the, the actual Greek says, the continuation. Alright? Picking up where, where they left off, and the resulting blessing of their labors. Get it? The continuation, and the resulting blessing of their labors. Alright? So you've entered into this. The New International Version is a little bit clear when it says this. It says, uh, Jesus says here, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Okay, that was better. Yeah? Okay. Alright. Alright, D.A. Carson writes, 
In one sense, there was a long succession of prophets and righteous leaders who led up to the ministry of Jesus. I like this. Okay, this shows us how much has gone into it. It may not be even in your lifetime. The, the things that have gone on have taken, okay, generation after generation after generation. You might be a part of a generational blessing. Amen? And just because you don't always see it in your generation, you don't know what you're leaving to the next and what legacies you leave behind. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> so he says here, In one sense there was a long succession of prophets and righteous leaders who led up to the ministry of Jesus, including John the Baptist, who had recently ministered in this area. Therefore, it is hard to resist the conclusion that Jesus is insisting that John is the last in that succession of prophets and others who sowed the seed but did not live long enough to participate in the harvest which they will soon enjoy. You know, they're going to see it. Amen? Alright. The lesson learned is that we must never get discouraged in our sowing, nor should we take pride in our reaping. This is what I was saying before. Never get discouraged in your sowing. You keep doing what you're doing. May not look like anything is going to happen. You don't know. Amen? You just do as God leads. You just do. And please, let me just, I need to stop here for a minute. Please only do as God leads. Don't get too many people get guilted into this now. I need to take a minute just to talk to you about this. Please don't do things out of guilt, okay? Because it will wear you out, and it will it will not bless you, and it won't bless the person you're doing it to. Can I say it that way? Okay, because you know if you're doing it because you have to do it, and yeah, yeah, we can tell. We don't, you go home. Thank you very much. You know, you need, okay? You, you shouldn't be doing this because you, you're not there yet. You should be so excited that we can't stop you from doing it. Okay, so all we need to do is give you some boundaries and everything. And, okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Alright, so it should be something in your heart to do. And if it's not in your heart to do, then you need to be in prayer. Until God tells you to go out and do something. You, you see what I'm trying to say? We need to understand that this needs to be God-led, God-directed, and God empowered. If it is not, it becomes something psychological. If they say this, you say that. Then if you say this, then you know, after a while you win the argument, but you lost the person. There are some things that God can do goes beyond your ability to argue. And we need to look beyond our ability to argue. We need to get to a place where we are actually speaking the words of God. It won't take a lot to do a lot when it's there. That's why we were talking about the anointing. Do you, do you understand? If your words are anointed, it doesn't take a lot. You can speak a few words and it will strike at the very heart of the individual. And you got them. Hear me? But when you're arguing, it's a lot of words. And it's a lot of opposition. And you're never hitting the heart of the problem. And you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong arena now. Because the devil works with the reasonings. God works on a whole nother level. There is reason behind what he does, but it's on a whole nother level. Amen. Okay, I think you got that one. Let's move on. Alright. <clears throat> so, I said here again, we must never get discouraged in our sowing, nor should we take pride in our reaping. Wrongly assuming that... That should be we are, where. Okay, little apostrophe needs to go in there. 
we're the only one ones God used to bring about this marvelous work. As the Apostle Paul aptly put it, I mentioned this to you before, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, he says, The one who plants and the one who waters work as a team with the same purpose. See that? Same purpose. Yet they will be rewarded individually according to their own hard work. Can I also add giftings? Okay, We work together as partners who belong to God. Amen? That's the job. Okay, Leon Morris writes, What is clear is that Jesus expected His disciples to be reapers. The time spent with Him was not only a time of training, it was a time in which they were meant to be rendering significant service. See, now let me just talk to you about that. Jesus expected that the amount of time He spent putting the Word into them, ministering to them, amen, doing the things that He was doing as unto God, that they needed to learn from that, and then decide for themselves what they needed to do with that. Amen? You, you need to understand that there is a price that comes with everything that God gives you. Now, don't take that as a bad thing, it's a good thing, <laughs> okay? Because as you do things, you get promoted. But you can't ever do something until you are first taught. You can't ever get taught until you put, you, you put yourself in a position to be taught. You guys have put yourself in a position to be taught. So now you're receiving information. You are now getting information that you can, in time, God can speak to you, and then you can actually step out and do something. Because you can only do what you know. You can't do what you don't know. Amen. As you do what you know, then it will increase. Okay? Supernatural. This is a supernatural thing. As, as it increases, as you do what you know, then God promotes. Yeah. Amen? Even though your beginning is small, your latter end shall greatly increase. But your greatly increased latter end becomes your small beginning for your next cycle. Every cycle, every latter end is a small beginning. Do you hear what I'm saying? Based on what's coming. Okay? And then when you, get, when you get to a place where you can manage that, that becomes a small beginning to something huge that's coming after that. That, that. that huge thing becomes small again to the next thing. It's funny how we get used to things. That's a blessing. It was meant to be a blessing. It was meant to be that you get good at something and you get so good at it that you don't have to think so hard to do it anymore. Hear me? Not so you can get lazy. Okay? But so that that can become the small beginning to the next big thing you're going to move on to. And what would take you all day to do something, now you can do very quickly. And that then becomes, okay, you do a lot of those things now, and you get a bigger harvest. Hear me? And then that becomes a small beginning to the next thing. You can do a lot of those things very quickly, and do it multiplied times. Hallelujah. Something else now is coming. Amen. Alright. Okay. <clears throat> so, again, l- let me just move on now. Actually, I, w- I won't repeat that. We-, we go to John chapter 4 verse... Oh, do we want to do this? We have five, four minutes. What do you want to do? Do you want to go on? you want to stop here? Samaritans are going to all come now. Something, this is <laughs> the focus of this is going to change. Um... Let me just think about this for a minute. Can, can we can think about it for three minutes? Uh, do you mind if we stop here? Because this, this is beginning a new section. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, are you okay? Can we just, yeah, we'll call it, yeah? Okay, so, so let, let, me just, let, let me just share this with you. Let, let's finish here, but let, let me just preach to, to, for just a minute. What do we learn today? What, 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 what was so important here? This is something very important that I just want you guys to take home with you today. Understand the importance of sowing and reaping. Understand the importance of diversity of gifts. Understand that you have been called to something. Understand that we can't all do the same thing. Understand that you shouldn't ever feel guilty because you can't do all the things somebody else might be doing. Amen? Now you might want to do those things, but don't ever feel guilty for not doing it. When the time comes, you will be. Be always prepared. Uh, getting yourself trained up. Always be receiving things so that when God does call you, when the time does come, it won't be a problem. Do you understand? So don't ever look at it in terms of, oh, I'm learning all this, now I need to do something with it. No, you need to do what God tells you to do when He tells you to do it. But what you do need to do, the thing that you can do is prepare. You can't call yourself out, but you can prepare. And then when you're called, you're ready. Amen? See, that's why it says that, see, a lot of people are called, few are chosen. The, the reason the problem is, is because even though you have a calling in your life, nobody goes to Bible college, nobody does what they need to do. You know, they just think they can just, just kind of wing it. Once you get out of an empty head, is an empty sermon. Do you hear what I'm saying? The more substance you put in, as you open your mouth, the more substance will come out. So what you guys are doing right now, you might think, I, don't, I can't ever see myself doing anything with this. That's not your concern. Amen? It's not up to you to call yourself. It's up to you to do exactly what you're doing. And be happy. Be happy here. Just go, thank you God for this wonderful opportunity of studying your word. I'm just enjoying it. And I'm just getting so much out of it. Praise God. That's it. That's, that's you are in God's, the center of God's will. If something is going to change, you'll know it. And you'll have a change of heart. Did you get what I said? It won't be something you'll be forced to do. It'll be something you really want to do. Alright? But not now. Because if you had that now, you'll be wanting to go out now and the time is wrong. So don't feel guilty that you don't have that desire now. You thank God for that. That is a blessing in itself. Get it? Amen. Amen. Okay, we'll stop there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed, and we'll come back and pick up.